You're listening to Jai Long and this is Make Your Break. Whether you're a big-hearted creative or an aspiring entrepreneur, let's take action on your dreams. Reconnecting you with your why and giving you the how. I'm here to dish out actionable mindset tips and fun industry secrets to help you blow up your biz. From eye-opening reality checks to motivational gold, no two episodes are ever the same. So tune in weekly, skip the FOMO, and let's dive into the deep together. Hey, hey, welcome back to the show. You're listening to Jai Long, and today I'm actually speaking to a few people that are diagnosed with ADHD and we're diving in deep and talking about how to manage that in our day-to-day lives and as creative entrepreneurs. Now, if you didn't know, I actually did an episode a little while ago, just a few weeks ago actually, on ADHD with some of the sailors inside the six-figure business map and it went off. A lot of people shared it with their friends and family and everything. They resonated with it and um, I think a lot of people felt seen and heard and it was opened up such a good conversation in our community as so many people have ADHD as creatives and as creative entrepreneurs and as artists, which is really cool. So today I actually um, hopped back into my community and I just asked if there was anyone else that wanted to jump in and share some share some light on how they work and how they feel around ADHD. And I have with me today, I have Amber, Jillian and Mara join me. They're all from the US and um, they share their insights, their stories, their perspective around what it's like to work with ADHD. So I'm really excited to bring you this interview and this discussion. The girls are absolutely incredible and I'm going to leave all their details down below in the description of the show notes for this episode. So if you do want to stop and say hello on Instagram or anything like that, please do. Uh, big shout out actually, before we get started to everyone that's been leaving me some um, podcast reviews, I actually just jumped on and there's like, I think there's about 10 new ones. So I'm really excited about that. And you know, I like to, I like to read all of these. I won't read them all out right now. I'm reading them right now. But if you do want to leave a review, that's also in the show notes. I've got a link right there as well. So you can find that. I just want to say from the bottom of my heart, like a big thank you. It means a lot. It means the world to us. And um, it helps me just to know that people are listening and this podcast impacts a lot of people. And um, it just get I get to know who you are and where you are and what you're doing. So that's really cool. And it's much appreciated. So let's get into today's discussion. Hey, so we're coming back for uh, episode two of the ADHD where we dove in just a couple of weeks ago and then I'm going to jump in with a few more sailors today to have another discussion, a bit of a follow-up discussion. So we've got a bunch of different people. I think it's so important to bring on more people and more perspectives because it's very different for everybody. So the more that we talk about it and the more that we can, I guess, like relate with each other, it makes a lot of sense and the more that we can work through everything. So on the call right now, I've got Jillian here. She's amazing. She actually has her own podcast. I'm going to leave the links to everyone's stuff below this in the show notes as well. So you can go and find find that's Jillian's from Cali. Uh, we have Amber. She's also from Cali. And we have Mara, which is from Virginia, which is really cool. And I hear, did you say you got COVID right now? I sure do. Day four. Yeah, cool. so i'm excited to dive in and just have a bit of a discussion with you girls and um if you got anything that you want to sort of throw into the mix definitely it's just an open conversation i actually wanted to start it with something a little bit harder and um this is something that we didn't talk about last time but it's something that i thought about a lot and it's 
the if you're diagnosed with ADHD, how do you feel that does affect you with being female? And is it the same for like in your perspective for males and females like throughout your life with being diagnosed and being treated and all that kind of stuff? So if anyone's got any experiences, let me know. Um, I have a little experience. Um, my husband also has ADHD. And so how we found each other, I have no idea, but our um, <laughs> definitely is different. I think, especially, you know, I was a former school teacher, so I watched it a lot in kids, right? Um, you know, girls and boys show ADHD so differently. Boys are what, what people traditionally think of as more rambunctious, wild, outspoken, things like that. So it's really easy to kind of identify it. But with girls, it's more, they're a little more reserved. They're daydreamers, they're doodling, they're looking out the window, they're talking a lot in class, things like that. So in my life, I've noticed a complete difference as far as how they show up, um, responses to medication, responses to treatment and therapy. All of that has been completely different in my opinion. Mm. Have you got anything on that one, Amber? Um, so my son, who is 11, was diagnosed with ADHD. And it wasn't a surprise just with my history. And he that's pretty much how it showed up. He was just in trouble all the time, super rambunctious, just out of control. He was driving everybody in my home nuts, everybody at work nuts. But, but we didn't medicate him. It hasn't, it wasn't actually a proper diagnosis. It just, it just came from the school. Like you should get him diagnosed and you should get him medicated. And we kind of just said, you know, we'll just deal with it. And through the proper channels, he's been okay. And you can kind of get away with it at that age, I think. Yeah. Okay. I definitely think that kind of growing up, it definitely impacted like the way that I should, like the way that it was shown and like the like how well I was able to like be picked out like, Oh, like this person has ADHD. And um, I feel like people didn't really notice it. And I feel like if the standard was kind of the same for, you know, you know, it being shown like in boys, like, you know, as like children where, you know, they're like seem to be more rambunctious and that's been like kind of the stereotype um, and like the norm for having ADHD. I feel like girls kind of had that same type of standard that, I probably wouldn't have struggled so hard like in school growing up. Um, like my parents, you know, they didn't they didn't know, they didn't see it. I feel like that generation just didn't. I mean, that was like that's what the stereotype was. So nobody really totally. you know, recognized that this, you know, this girl could have ADHD and, you know, just kind of daydreaming in class. And, you know, I just thought everybody struggled like that. I thought everybody daydreamed and everybody, you know, took like extra time to, you know, take tests and all that stuff. So um I feel like it definitely impacted like how quickly I was able to be taken seriously and um, to be you know diagnosed. So, yeah, I find like at my school when I was growing up, it was very much. I don't think females got it in terms of in the eyes of the teachers and things. So that means a lot of people got misdiagnosed or just did not get diagnosed and didn't get a chance to get diagnosed. And then that means didn't get a chance to, you know, medicate or to work on yourself or to know that you're different at least, you know, and all those things. So I feel like there is a huge divide or gap that could happen in terms of like how long that you've been able to manage it and stuff. So my wife, she only just got diagnosed only like, I think 12 months ago or 24 months ago or something, but yeah, she, she didn't even think that would have been a thing for her until she started reading some blogs and stuff and then realizing like, Oh, actually that's completely me. And then she went in and got diagnosed and they're like, yeah, yep, definitely. So it's interesting how it can change so much. 
Well, right. And it's funny when you research it at all and you look at those, like the symptom checklist and you're like, uh-huh, that's me. And yeah, that too. Oh my gosh, all of these, you know, and I actually diagnosed my husband. He, we both weren't diagnosed until adulthood. And I remember his mom coming to me in tears and saying, I wish I would have known. I wish I would have known, but it, like you said, it wasn't a thing 15 years ago. It wasn't really talked about like it is now. And what a shame that is. Right. But the good thing is, is we're having these types of discussions like we're having today and to get it out in the open and discuss mental health because we need to for the next generation. It needs to be something that's talked about. So, Are you guys all open with talking about it with um, your friends, your family, your clients, other people like that? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah. And is, have you guys ever felt like discriminated against or like maybe someone wasn't welcoming towards it or maybe they seen it in a negative light? I don't think so much. Like in my experience, I don't think... I really, I feel like I honestly, like I attract a lot of people who like kind of have the same energy as I do anyways. So totally. a lot of my clients have, which I don't know if that's like a good or bad thing. Cause I feel like on wedding days, <laughs> it's more chaos. So I feel like I attract a lot of like, I'm like a very, you know, empathetic, understanding person with, you know, mental health struggles and, you know, ADHD. So I feel like I attract a lot of people like that. And um, getting diagnosed was a really big deal for me. So all my friends and family, I was very, you know, upfront and honest about, you know, kind of what was going on. And I did, you know, choose to get medicated in 2021, like the end of 2021. And um, it really changed like, you know, how I interact with people and just like how I, you know, kind of manage my everyday life. So it was definitely a big, everybody was able to notice. So it's, I'm like an open book. You can literally ask me anything and I'll, you know, I'm definitely very open with my clients just because it's a huge part of me. So there's no reason to not be. So that's really cool. So for my, for myself, I, um, the way I came to find out I had ADHD I actually was homeschooled my whole life because we were living on a boat and sailing around the world. So cool. it was just my sister and I, and she was like the self-starter. She did all her schooling. And I heard a lot of, why can't you be more like your sister? And, get the work <laughs> done? and I would just sit there and be like, <laughs> Oh, she's so much smarter than me. And then like, I'm out on deck climbing the rigging. I just, I was, I was all over the shop. And then when we finally got back to Ventura, when I was 17, I hit the ground running. I was done with school. I passed the GED, got in with the wrong crowd. And over the course of the next couple of years, I would get involved with methamphetamines. And the weirdest thing about it was I functioned better when I was using this drug. But ultimately it unraveled my life and I ended up losing my son for a year and I was homeless for a year. And then through the system here, I got through rehab and then I was diagnosed with ADHD, medicated. And then very quickly, my life just was like, boom, 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 got better and better and better and better. Because all of a sudden I realized like, this was the problem all along, but there's a bit of a stigma attached to the medication for me because the medication replaced this ridiculously addictive drug that destroyed my life. And so when it comes to being really open about ADHD, I feel like for the people I'm close with, other vendors that I work with, people that I work closely with, I'll tell them, I'll be like, hey, today I'm off the walls. Like, you know, I'm medicated and I'm still bouncing off the walls. But for my clients, I try to kind of hold it together. Like I just kind of hold it together. (laughs) (laughs) Fair enough. Thank you for sharing that. That's such a great story. Yeah. Uh, How about you, Mara? Have you got anything on that one? I definitely, I mean, I really, I think I ever, I mean, gosh, I don't even know how I can follow up with that. That's crazy, Amber. I mean, like, it's incredible to 
kind of see where you, you know, where you're at and where you're at now. And it's so interesting too, about like when I learned, first learned about, you know, medication for ADHD and, you know, when you mentioned like amphetamines and everything, it's like a really, it was really scary at first. I, I was always very against, you know, medication, like for no reason, like it was simply just like a lack of understanding, I think, but totally. it's very interesting that it, it just wires your brain completely differently and kind of like a scary thing. Cause I feel like, you know, the word amphetamine sounds so scary, but it's like something we take every, something I take every day and, um, it helps me function so much better. It's real interesting. Cause, um, well right now, actually, it's funny that you share that story, Amber, because my partner's sister, I don't know like how much I should be sharing this stuff, but she, she's gone for a really tough time right now. And there's been a lot of drug use and stuff like that, but she's actually staying with me right now. And so I'm like firsthand sort of watching all this. We're helping her through. And um, she definitely has ADHD, but she's not diagnosed. And I don't think she would ever want to go and get diagnosed. But it's interesting that you shared that story because I do feel like if she did get diagnosed, she wouldn't feel so isolated or different. Like she would be able to sort of maybe understand herself a little bit more and dive in deeper on that. And um, I think it would be such a good journey for her if, if she could you know turn her life around just like you did as well yeah yeah it definitely would I I'm so so grateful that my fall from grace was quick and swift and I mean I was always an entrepreneur I didn't want to be the girl asking for a sack I wanted to have the sack so I mean I was selling this stuff and I got in trouble really quick because you know Ventura County and the cops here it's like come on vacation leave on probation so it was very quick and I got, I got busted. And, you know, at the time I was like, Oh, darn it. Like things were going so well. And then in retrospect, I'm like, I'm so glad that I caught their attention quickly and I ended up in jail. And then I ended up getting help and getting that, you know, that medication. And, but my relationship with medication has been very up and down. And I mean, I might've mentioned in a a message that like that podcast I really think saved me in a lot of ways. Not that I was going to go down to the corner and get a sack. It's just my life was unraveling. I, you know, I left Australia. I've got my kids with me. I'm trying to set up a business here. When I had a clientele base there, my husband's still waiting on a visa and all the structures that kept me in line really well so that I didn't need the medication were gone. And I was really flailing and feeling just so low. And then I listened to that podcast on one of my morning walks and I'm like, oh, get on the medication, get on it now. And by the next day, there I was starting to come back up out of it. It's, it's, awesome. it's crazy. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> just, going, just going off that, I'd love to ask you guys, like how much do you need structure and how much do you, how much do you rely on structure? Do you love structure? <laughs> what about you, Jillian? I have to have structure to thrive. I have five children um, under the age of 13 all the way down to two. And so my husband's also a firefighter. So he's gone a lot and I run a business full time to educate. So I have to have, I started to plan my days pretty much to the minute Mm -hmm. so that I'm able to accomplish everything I need to have times for myself to exercise, make healthy meals, do all those things. I have to have that structure because if I don't, I will find myself zoning out, doing a, organizing the garage or some project that is not even pertinent to what it is I need to accomplish that day. Right. So in order to kind of rechannel myself and focus, I have, I use a sauna, I have an assistant, I've hired an assistant to help me refocus. I just think the more systems we can all set up, we're going to be more successful. We set ourselves up for success using those. It would be a hot mess. No way. (laughs) Love that. Yeah. Structure is everything. Mara, what about you? I think, I don't know if I'm like kind of a weird 
bird with this, but I, I think like at this stage in my life, um, structure is like, I mean, like I have structure, like I, I do have like a, like a general routine, I guess every single day, like there are things I do every single day, but I have a lot of like very avoidant behaviors that I've kind of recognized, like with like certain tasks and like my energy levels are something I've like recently been really like trying to pay attention to. So for me to sit, like, it's so interesting to hear that like time blocking works so well for you because that Mm. is like my literal nightmare because I, I would totally, I had a feeling you're going to say that as well. Yeah. There's nothing like, it doesn't matter like what is written on my calendar or like how structured I've made it. I'm going (laughs) to, like, I am for sure 1000% going to happen and then I'm going to get behind and then I get stressed and then I just like, okay, I'm done. Like I just give up and I start working on like something that's like completely not even not important on. or not related. Yeah. 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 So I found that being very like gentle with myself and then just like really acknowledging like where my energy is at that day. So like when I wake up in the mornings, I sometimes it's like 6am and I'm you know, like, great, I'm going to have like a super get into it early kind of day. But then some days my alarm goes up at six and I'm like, I just cannot like I already just kind of know that my body needs a little bit of extra rest. Either I like stayed up really late because I had a random burst of energy the night before. So I'm very like sensitive to that. And I just allow myself to sleep in a bit. And then, you know, rather than like getting up and like going right into, you know, working or, um, you know, like forcing myself like every day, like I'm going to go to the gym every day. Every day is like not a good assumption for me. Like I'm not going to do something every day. It's just not how it is. So I try to be as relaxed with it as I can. So like, if I don't go to the gym, I at least like go walk around the block or something. So I have like my bare minimum, I guess, and like different, you know, like low energy routine, and then like high energy routine that works really, really well for me. And it has been working well for like the last probably like six to nine months or so. I've been trying to do it like that. Cause I tried the time blocking thing before and it was like a total crap shot. Like it just did not work for me. So children. Yeah, but I don't have kids. I just have dogs and a husband. So um, I can only imagine that that, you know, might change when I have like other tiny humans around. You won't have the luxury of waking up and saying, what is no. today? Which one am I going to go with? Because they will be in your face. Needing, yeah. you know, right. But enjoy this time while you have it. Let me just say that. I absolutely every single day I do. <laughs> <laughs> How about you, Amber? You're talking about structure before. Yeah, structure is super important to me, but I think I I think I'm somewhere in the middle there because I also have I don't have five, I've got four kids. So obviously they kind of, you know, there's a structure around them. For myself, like I have some I like to call them pillars for my day, so every single day. And again, something else that like I can relate to with you Jai is like you always go for a walk. I've been doing that for years with with once I was diagnosed and medicated, what I realized is exercise has been such an amazing pillar in my life. And I don't ever go to the gym. I hate the gym. It's gross. So I've always either gone for a walk or a run or a surf or a swim, but whatever it is, I I start my day off and I start my day off pretty early. So that's one of my pillars. And then um, with this business, it used to be when I was, I was a flight attendant for 10 years. So it used to be my schedule with flying, but now it's, you know, if I've got a shoot or if I've got edits, that's another pillar. And that's Mm. dictated by the time of that, that schedule. And obviously there's, there's kids stuff too. There's sport there, all of that, that fits in when it comes to, um, like specific times for meal planning, groceries, cooking that does not exist in my life. 
<laughs> that my husband could definitely tell you that. <laughs> but, you know, and that's probably one of the reasons I'm struggling a little bit without him here because I'm just kind of, but the kids are loving it because it's like a total like, whatever, we'll eat when we eat. And lately we've all been going to bed <laughs> at 11, which hasn't been great. But I still get up at six and, you know, off we go. So like, I think middle ground, because I also feel the pressure if I've got too much booked or if I'm too hard on myself, I get overwhelmed and then I get super rebellious. And I'm like, F this, I'm not doing any of it. Watch me. Like, right. I'm just not going to do it. It's just too much. So I'm very mm. careful with myself to go. These are the things you have to do. There's the self-discipline. And these are the optional things you can do today. And it'd be great if you did them, but no pressure. I was going to ask you about those pillars. Do you have like two or three non-negotiables? And then do you have like the other ones where it's like, if it works, I'm going to do these ones. <laughs> Yes, non-negotiables, exercise, recently a reel per day. <laughs> That's a non-negotiable. <laughs> like, you're doing it. <laughs> I love the pillars. Um, I really love the pillars. <laughs> it really, really helps. It really helps. Because then, yeah. then you feel like no matter what, if you've achieved those pillars, it's been a successful day. And then if you've done more on top of it, like, woohoo, like take that to the bank. But if you haven't, you've still been a success. You've still stayed in your lane and you've moved forward a bit, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah, I love that. I think I like it because it's sort of, um, you're kind of going towards your goals because a pillar could just be a goal of like fitness. It could be mental health, could be your social media following, could be any of those things. And then it's really easy to sort of actually see and track that and go, there's the one thing I need to do and I can spend as much time or little time as I need to. But I've tried all three different methods that you guys try. And I think it's so important that we all try something different all the time, especially with our time, because a lot of the times we can throw up our hands and say, we don't have enough time. Uh, but then you can try a new way and all of a sudden it can unlock a lot of time. So even time blocking, like you're saying, Jillian, for me is um, it works really well. It actually works really well when I do it, when I can be bothered, you know, as a pillar to make all my time count, I go through and I'll watch it to the minute and it's amazing. And it's amazing that I can get a week's worth of work done in one day, just because now I know how much time that I've got that I can stretch. Well, right. And one of the things I've started doing, cause you know, I know with ADHD, it comes, we're very good at underestimating how long it takes to do something. So, so often mm -hmm. I'll say, okay, I can edit this session in an hour. And I'm like, it's the third, it's three hours later. My husband's like, I thought you were done, going to be done. You know? So <laughs> what I've started doing is setting up like editing time. So whether it's a two hour block, three hour block. And then when that time is up, I walk away regardless if I'm finished mm. with that task or not. And I think that's just been good for my relationships with my family, my kids, my friends. Cause it's like, I have an with ending work. spot and I'm not disappointing anybody, you know, cause I will see my kids waiting at my office glass doors here. Like, okay, we well, said you were going to be done at this time. And if I'm like, Oh, wait a minute, I'm not quite finished. They're disappointed. You know? So that's something I've learned to do over time is have that self-discipline to say, okay, it's quit time, walk away. But it's hard to do that. <laughs> and your family obviously know that you you struggle with timelines. So are they sort of like, you know, reminding you early that, hey, we're going somewhere and we're doing something, you know, before you're ready sort of thing? Absolutely. And then my husband will always tell me if he goes, okay, what time are you planning on being done today? And I'll be like, okay, 4.30. He's like, okay, so I'll plan on you being out at 5.15. Like he just knows and he kind of adds that buffer in so that we Me all too, can yeah. be successful with the expectation. That's the thing is the you expectation. Know, it's mm -hmm. Well, it's the same as like with my wife. She, um, time is not even a, relevant to her. I don't think like she has no concept of time. It's actually I marvel at it. I think it's so interesting. I can't even believe how she, her mind can 
I don't know what it is, but break time into something that doesn't exist for her. And so for me, it's like expectations though, because if she gets diagnosed with ADHD, like it helps the relationship, doesn't it? Because it's no longer me thinking, oh no, like, like what is going on with your time? Like you need, we need to hit deadlines. We need to leave or meet our friends at 6 p.m. But for me now, I know how to sort of manage it and like get her ready and set alarms and, and do those things. So then we do get to places on time and I think everybody's happy. So it's well, good. Yes, it changes it for you because you understand that she's not doing it intentionally and mm. she's not doing it because she's being inconsiderate or rude or not being, you know, valuing your feelings. I think for us, that was a hurdle in our marriage where it was like, we felt that disconnect of why aren't you valuing my time or my feelings or what I'm hoping? And I'm like, I'm not doing it intentionally. So I think once I was diagnosed, it was like, well, we both were actually, so it was like, oh, now we understand that it wasn't on purpose. It was just literally, you couldn't help it. So yeah. And there's lots of different things. Actually, my wife just sent me a article where it was like, the reason why people with ADHD can leave all the shampoo bottles after they're finished just in the shower. And it was such a bizarre thing, but I, for years, always like, I can't understand how you don't just like throw things away. Like it's just piles up in the bathroom. And I'm like, I don't understand how that works, you know, cause I finished something and I throw it in the bin. And then she sent me this article. I'm like, ah, oh, okay, that makes sense. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I totally am with Lulu. I do that too. Same thing. My husband's like, what, do you use all of these? I'm like, no, those are empty. I'm just, it's so yeah, <laughs> it's just like that. I'm like, this is amazing. I literally have like four empty bottles in my, at least four in my shower, like right now. So. Like right now. <laughs> I think it's so interesting, Jai, that we both married somebody with ADHD. And so girls, do you think either of your husbands also have it. I'm just curious. So I don't really think that Cameron, um, my husband has ADHD. I don't know. Some, sometimes like, I think he has like certain traits. I think, I feel like it's kind of hard because you look at somebody and they may like have certain traits of it, but like not full blown ADHD. And that was actually something that my psychiatrist really kind of opened my mind up to and like opened my understanding to where I had, you know, when I first like was getting like a consult done for medication. Um, I kind of explained to him, like, I just wasn't sure if like, you know, I was ready to get it or like, if I, you know, was in the position to like, if, if I was like severe enough or whatever to like work having medication. And he explained to me that, you know, having some kind of disorder like this only really becomes like a problem for the person in their life. If it's impacting the way that they function on a daily basis. So like for me, it was, you know, impacting the way that I functioned on a daily basis. I wasn't able to, you know, meet deadlines. Like when I started my business, it really became hard. But then for my husband, he works like, so he's a commercial diver. So it's like underwater construction and he works with his hands. So he doesn't really have to like work that area of his brain. Um, it's just like a different kind of like energy output. So for me, where like my brain is just constantly at a computer, like it's obviously impacting me a lot more. So for him, I feel like if maybe he was put into like a situation where he had to work a desk job, I feel like I probably would be able to tell if he had it more. But now he just kind of vibes, like he just kind of goes to work and like <laughs> you know, gets all his energy out, comes home, just hangs out with me. So like, I I don't know. I, I feel like maybe he does, but his lifestyle right now, it doesn't inhibit him at all. So he's just living his best life. So I guess maybe yes, no, I don't know. <laughs> so my husband, my husband was actually properly diagnosed with ADHD several years ago. And like actually before we were together and 
so he, but it's weird because his version of it is so different to mine. So he is actually the guy that leaves the shampoo bottles in the shower. I'm pretty like I'm. I've always been in the structure. <laughs> it's become a habit for me. So I've become almost too like if there's something on the floor, it freaks me out. And and I like the kids will always be telling me like, "Mom, just leave it. We'll get it. We'll get it." And I just get like so obsessive over cleanliness and organization. And it's to the point where then I can't get my work done because I can't stop tidying and cleaning and folding laundry and. So that's my problem. His problem is he leaves crap everywhere. But anyways, he also, <laughs> he also, when he, he was medicated for a while and I hated when he was medicated because he stopped talking. He got really quiet and hyper-focused and just very like would withdraw within himself. And he felt like it helped him function at work better, but he lost all social skills. Like wow. he was just not fun to be around at all. And so I was like, you gotta, you gotta stop this. Like, and he was, he's kind of like, I can function fine. And I don't like how I am socially on this medicine. So he stopped the meds and, you know, and I, I throw the bottles in the bin. (laughs) (laughs) I actually want to ask you guys, like, how has it impacted different relationships? I know I was having a conversation with my mom the other day. I was having coffee with her. I don't live close to my mom. So, so it's pretty rare that I get to catch up. She's a couple of times a year. She has, I believe severe ADHD and she, believes that she doesn't, she will never get diagnosed because she's very stubborn in her ways. And that's totally fine. But she does. It's actually wild. But if I have a conversation with her, I watch her eyes glaze over and then she darts across the room, looks at something else, gets excited about it, talks about it for two seconds. Then I'll start talking about that. But then by the time I'm talking, her eyes are darted the other way. And then she's seen something else that's caught her attention. And so it's just like that all the time. So it's to actually sit down and have a conversation. It's actually can be hard. And for me, like I know that, you know, she's not diagnosed, but I know for sure that she has ADHD. Have you guys felt like it it has impacted any social skills or any relationships? We're all shaking our head. Yes. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Tell me a story. Tell me a story. I definitely think it's impacted all of that. I mean, my social skills, my... I think specifically my relationship with my husband, my parents really just kind of didn't, sorry, mom and dad, um, but they didn't really like know <laughs> that I had it until my dad was actually diagnosed um, when I was in college, which oh, wow. kind of was like, oh, maybe I do have it. Um, and then come to find out like my dad's entire side of the family actually has some like form of ADHD. Like I went, I actually went and like, you know, started reaching out to people and asking and um, they all have it, like all, literally all of them. So I'm like, this is really comes to no surprise to me that I have this. But when I worked a nine to five, it really impacted my, obviously I worked at a front desk. So that was like my, you know, literal nightmare. I just was super unproductive and mm. um, couldn't stay on task. And my uh, boss was, she sat right next to me and which I guess was probably for the best because she just kind of was redirecting me constantly, constantly redirecting me. <laughs> that glazed look, like I really relate to that so hard because I feel like that's even still me now, but she would like turn around and find me like spinning in my chair, like arms, like locked behind, like literally just like, what am I doing? Like just kind of in another world. And she's like, Mara, like, do you need to like turn around, like focus on your computer. And then she asked me one day if I, um, if I had ever gotten considered getting tested for ADHD, you know, lovingly said so. And she's like, why well, you only ask? Cause I have it myself. And I just see a lot, um, of me and you. So that kind of like was what led to that. But I feel like with my husband, it, Definitely, he gets very frustrated. Um, well, not so much anymore because um, I think he kind of understands it better now. But 
um, when we first you know, moved in together, it was rough just because I was constantly leaving things on like dangerous things. Like I like, and I still kind of do like, I leave the stove on, like I leave the stove burners on sometimes or like the oven on, like I leave doors unlocked. I leave my straighteners plugged in, just lights on. That's like my signature move there is leaving lights on. So things like that, or, you know, forgetting like, you know, more extreme things, like kind of like I would forget to pay bills sometimes. Like now we've worked out a better system. So that happens. Does he pay all the bills? No, me, which is like... uh, So you do it all. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So I'm the one who does it. So I've really had to kind of make it work the best for my brain. So automations are the key to success. Um, (laughs) There it is, ladies ladies and gentlemen. (laughs) (laughs) You got the secrets to success right now. Literally put your (laughs) life on autopilot because it will just... But I feel like socially, like in normal social situations, I have a hard time. There's like a lot of masking that I still do. Um, I think I've kind of like... Now that I'm aware of it, I have like kind of tried to move away from masking as much because like, this is just how I am. But in social situations, it's hard um, because I don't want to feel like I am interrupting or like steamrolling the conversation, um, which I have definitely been told on a number of occasions that I tend to do. And I get a lot of, you know, anxiety from that where I just like pull back and then I just don't want to say anything anymore, like in the conversation. Cause I'm like, well, I don't want them to think I'm like not validating their feelings or like, I don't care about what they have to say. Yeah, so and then it's like a whirlwind and then I like they walk away and I like literally analyze that interaction for like the next 24 hours because I'm like wow I literally just sucked at that and are you gonna I analyze this it. conversation over the next 24 hours <laughs> for sure like I, I literally as I was saying that I was like wow this is a really long tangent I probably should let like, <laughs> <laughs> you're fine oh. but I that's awesome that I'm fully unmedicated at the moment because it COVID and you know Adderall don't really mix well together, so um, mm. so that's forget you in all your glory. I'm being raw form here, so <laughs> and help the rambling at the moment. And also, but, you're uh, in lockdown, so you haven't seen anyone for a little while. So it's great, so good, it's fine. <laughs> so, but yeah, that's that's pretty much it for me. Yeah, what about you, Jillian? Oh, I think for me, um, twofold. My my marriage, of course, and I think one of the things that is hard for us with ADHD is what you talked about with your mom, but with your partner is really not just listening to what they're saying, but really tuning in and understanding. I had, you know, for a little bit there before I was medicated or when I've been pregnant, because, you know, you can't take the types of medications for ADHD while you're pregnant or nursing. And so, you know, since I've been medicated, I've had three children. And so I had timeframes where I wasn't able to take it. And it was challenging on, you know, my marriage, just family life organization, all of it. And it really took just us having a good conversation of, you know, him wanting me to really him wanting to feel like I was validating and really listening and tuning in and not just having absent eyes, you know? Um, So that was something we've really worked on and has been a, such a benefit in our marriage is working on that and being open about it. Right. Um, And then my children, right. So having kids and when you have ADHD and we have two children that have also been diagnosed, right. Like what are the odds? Obviously we both have it. It's pretty (laughs) self-explanatory. And it's been really interesting to watch. We have a girl and a boy, our two oldest, and they are completely different in their symptoms and tendencies and all of that. Um, But I struggle with them as far as 
trying to manage their schedules and then also being a mom with ADHD and managing my own mental health. And so it's just a lot. That's why I have so many systems and organizations and automations in place because we would be like a sinking ship if if I didn't. So it ha- it is hard. It's really hard. And I feel like it's probably hard to be in a relationship with someone with ADHD as well, um, depending on your symptoms and things. But I have family members that have it and we all just try to be really open and honest with each other. And I feel like that's the best thing we can do. If we're not feeling validated or we're not feeling like they're listening, call them out on it and be respectful and really try to mend the relationship because it's hard. If, if you don't have it and you don't understand the symptoms, it's really easy to take things personally when maybe things are being done without them even realizing they're doing it. Totally. What about you, Amber? So yeah, I I do think that I'm really, really fortunate. I have a pretty have a pretty good relationship with my husband. And like I said, our symptoms are very different. So they kind of he's just super patient. Let's be honest. He's a very patient guy and he just puts up with me and all my craziness. And and I do often zone out when he's talking. And he tends, his symptoms cause him to prattle on a lot. And if he's, he will listen to this and he knows I love him so much. So, but he does. And like, big shout out. Son, yeah, big shout out to big Joey. But like <laughs> <laughs> our oldest son would be listening to this too at some point. And, and he would agree with me that Joe tends to just prattle on and on and like really take things to the next t- tangent. So, and then my symptoms just, I just zone out anyways, even if he was telling me the wildest story ever, I'd be like, oh, what a plane, like, you know. So it's kind of a funny little, <laughs> it's a funny, <laughs> we're a good match, but we both are pretty tolerant of each other. Like we get on great. Uh, interesting speaking about parents though, my, my mother has pretty much diagnosed my father with ADHD and look, like it's, it's not surprising. Like we say, this is a genetic type thing. And, um, and my dad, you know, he was an art major and like the most, he's my hero. Like he's the most inspiring, incredible guy, does the most amazing art. Um, but you know, and he's a guy that will never go and get a proper diagnosis. And even if he did, he wouldn't take the medication. Um, Mm. but it's just interesting to kind of observe some of his tendencies and traits. And you know what, a slight tangent here. I really think that it can be like a superpower. And for my dad in the artistic industry, And for even myself, I actually think that, yes, these are difficult to deal with when you're running a business and trying to be successful just in life with in general, but also running a successful business. However, the art that we create and these ideas that we have and the drive that we have that pushes us to do things that a lot of people wouldn't even attempt. I also credit it to this type of personality, you know, disorder, maybe not disorder, maybe it's an advantage, but whatever, however it's labeled. I actually do think that without it, I wouldn't be creative and I as creative and as, you know, you know, geared up to go forward. Do you guys agree with that as well? Like seeing it as a superpower? Mm-hmm. Yes. And that's how I reframe my thoughts because, you know, so much of it's about mindset and we can choose to look at all of our deficits as human beings and say, we do this wrong, this wrong. Mm-hmm. But I think when I flip it around and I say, because of ADHD, I'm able to do this, this, and this it just changes my perspective on it and to a more positive light. And that's really what I try to do with my kids. I don't want them or anyone to ever feel like you have this. So you're, you know, that's bad or that's not, you're, you can't accomplish X, Y, Z because you have ADHD. I think I heard that a little bit in the beginning and I felt like I am like, no, I'm proving you wrong. Of course I can do this. I can run a business. What are you talking about? You know, and people don't mean to be hurtful, but I think that they just have a stereotype in their mind when in reality, no two people with ADHD are the same in my opinion. And so 
it's really, we don't want to all be lumped together. We all, you know, I use it as inspiration, I guess. And it's really helped me when, once I flipped that script and didn't feel sorry for myself as much. I tried to turn it into a good thing. Mara, do you ever see it as a superpower? Yeah, um, I definitely think that um, the reframing of your mindset is the biggest, the biggest thing. Because, you know, after you, after I was diagnosed anyways, I definitely kind of saw it as a, like, oh, like I can't, you know, do this. I can't do that. Um, and certainly right before I, you know, got medicated, you know, those thoughts were very, very prevalent because it was just coming from so much frustration of just, you know, not being able to maintain like any kind of consistency in any sort of like, you know, aspect of my life. But now that I have a different relationship with it, I think, you know, truly like I probably wouldn't be an entrepreneur if I didn't have ADHD. Um, I was in nursing school, um, before I decided to do this. So you know, and it was just, that was like, I don't know if you guys have like any experience with like any kind of medical programs or anything, but like, it's like, really, it's a, it's I a tried beat. nursing school. Oh. I tried nursing school too. No. I did like three years of it. Ugh. Oh yeah. <laughs> you were only lasted significantly longer than I did. I was about three and a half weeks in before I was through. Um, You're a lot smarter than me. <laughs> Not for me. I withdrew and I didn't, I didn't tell anybody. I just did it. And yeah, it just was a, not for me. So I definitely think that had it, you know, probably not been for me having just a differently wired, you know, brain, I probably would not have chosen like a creative path. But I definitely think that, you know, with, you know, the hyperfixation and the tons of hobbies that, you know, just kind of come from, you know, having ADHD, I feel like it really sparks a lot of new ideas. Um, I'm really never running out of them for you know, my business and I'm just constantly, you know, working of new ways to, you know, book clients or, you know, if I do have, you know, like right when I first started, um, when I first went full time, you know, it was obviously financially, it was, it was rough. I mean, like I just done full time. So I was like, I'm like, this is terrifying. I, you know, I'm not booking a whole lot, but I wanted to do this. So I feel like it helped me get really creative with, you know, other avenues to, you know, make it work. And, I feel like that kind of like unrealistic, just kind of mindset. I feel like I've always just kind of been like, I don't know how I'm going to work it out, but I'm going to do this. Like, we're just going to make it work. We're going to figure it out and it's going to be fine. And it always has been. But I definitely think reframing your mindset is like the biggest important thing with figuring out if this is a superpower or not or whatever. Love that. Definitely. Definitely on mindset. I reframe well, as we're sort of wrapping up, do you guys have any last little things that you'd like to share with us in regards to your experience or shout out to anyone that's listening or anything else? I actually would like to say that I, um, when I found you, Jai, I um, actually found your podcast through like one episode of The Heart and the Hustle. The very first podcast I ever listened to with that, I listened to one, I got redirected to you and you are still to this day, the only podcast I've ever listened to. <laughs> So I have been <laughs> catching up on all your podcasts. <laughs> I, I'm That's catching awesome. up on all your podcasts on my morning walks, and I will diversify eventually. Um, this well, you don't need to now. Now you're on this one. one. You're on this <laughs> right? one now. So funny, funny though, because you inspired me so much. And I mean, I was I was headed in a direction, and I'm all about kicking goals. And but then when I found you, first of all, so much of what you said like resonated so much. But then it also just made me go like a lot of your history reminded me of some of the things like that I had. I, I didn't have a lot of opportunities and never had any money. And so it really, I realized that you kind of 
put into words how I'd been feeling all along. So it just helped me kind of rock it forward. And the business map has been amazing now that I've finally figured out how to sit my ass down and actually do the work. <laughs> that's part of one of my pillars too. Yeah, that's <laughs> so amazing. So I'm finding like, yeah. So on my walks, I listen to your podcast, but very quickly after finding you, one of my unrealistic goals was someday I'm going to be on Jai Long's podcast. And I just think it's really ironic that this is the reason why. <laughs> but hey, hey, goal achieved. <laughs> goal. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Well, I just think it's great that we're having this conversation because I think it's one that I appreciate you, Jai, for opening up your platform to talk about it because it's something that I think is so common that a lot of us, until you really are open about it, you don't realize how many other people struggle with it as creatives. And it's interesting that so many of us are attracted to the same types of entrepreneurship, photography, visual arts, all of those things. Um, And obviously that's probably due to our brain and the things that we gravitate towards. But um, I think it's so great to talk about because like we all mentioned, you know, previous, our parents had, we, you both said things like they wouldn't get a diagnosis. They wouldn't take medication. They won't admit they have it. And I think I'm, I'm proud of us here even now and anyone listening that we're having these conversations and we're breaking that cycle because as we go forward, our children and future generations, like we need to talk about these things so that our kids can have resources, tools, gain self-confidence and not feel bad about themselves and not realize what's wrong. Right. So I'm so happy that you asked me to be on here. So thank you. I think it's awesome. Yeah, absolutely. And I fully agree with everything that you're just saying there. It's so important. Like, I guess for me, like I, I am not diagnosed. I don't have ADHD, but my, all my family definitely do. And so for me, it's like really important because I want my mom to talk about it and I want my brother to talk about it. And I want everyone to get diagnosed and me doing this with you guys really shows that it's not scary and everybody, you know, goes through this kind of stuff. So I think it's really important. Mara, do you have anything you wanted to finish with? Yeah, just, I mean, I think that just this is awesome. Dream. Yeah, just. <laughs> <laughs> Even if you have COVID, it's fine. People have to be on the podcast and you can hardly talk. It's fine. I don't sound this man-like usually. Um, promise. <laughs> I, I am a girl. I do have a higher voice, but you would not know right now. But yeah, no, I think that this is just great for, you know, just breaking the cycle of, you know, the stigma around ADHD and giving people who, you know, might not have a voice um, or might not, you know, understand, you know, themselves. I feel like it's just really encouraging if you really don't know much about it, or, you know, it could be really um, empowering to somebody who, you know, is like, oh, actually, like they're talking about this and, you know, wait a minute, that actually sounds a lot like me. Maybe I should probably go see somebody and, you know, figure out why I've been struggling. But um, I just think there's a lot of solidarity and numbers. And, you know, the more we talk Mm. about it, the more socially acceptable it becomes and you know better for our kids um my kids are probably destined to have this anyways since my there's so much <laughs> in my family anyways so they'll be listening to this in 20 years time you <laughs> <laughs> spoke that into existence all the way back then yeah. <laughs> sorry guys <laughs> but, you know it is, it is what it is so i just think you know, it's important to talk about and i'm super glad and it's so funny amber that you were saying that I like this was like one of your like unrealistic goals to be on the podcast because I when I just got into the business map like literally like not you know it was like this last round um so it's only been like a few months but I like sat down and wrote down all my goals and I didn't know like how or when or why but it was definitely one of mine too so 
Um, it was a big you know, for me, I was like, this is so cool. Like, and obviously like, what the heck? Of course it's about freaking ADHD. <laughs> like, <laughs> nothing else. It's like, why is your brain weird? Have you talked about it? I'm like, ah, yeah, yeah. Cool. we've got oh, to know. So funny. So, it's very, it's very fitting, very fitting for my life. So I'm just <laughs> happy to be here. <laughs> well, you made it happen, you know, you putting know? down those goals and then you get the phone call. <laughs> 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 That's awesome. Well, thank you so much for getting on here. Um, if anyone if anyone can reach out to you guys, do you mind if everybody sends you a message on Instagram? Is that the easiest way to say hello? Yeah, absolutely. Yep. Okay. So in the description of this podcast episode, you're going to see everybody's Instagram handles. And if you do want to say hello and reach out and um, congratulate them for being on here or say thank you or anything else, they would love to hear from you. And of course, I would love to hear from you as well. Guys, Thanks for being on the show and I'll talk to everyone next week.